I always uh, have this picture in my head that this uh, this idea, like the potential of Eismeyer being a movie, was not like it wasn't coming out of me. You know, it wasn't me who invented this whole thing. It was out there. It was an external living potential creature. And and I see it as a as a wild horse, you know, like running around, yeah. and and by accident it just passed by me, and I saw it, and I jumped on it, and really hold on to it, held on to it, and and I just I, it just took me, you know, along the way, like wherever it wanted to go, and I was just trying to steer it a little bit, and it was like, eh. and wh- whoever joined the team was immediately also. Um, fascinated and also pretty much sure that this is going to be a good movie. Today I'm talking to David Wagner, the film director of the award-winning Austrian film Eismeyer. David, it's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, it's uh, thanks for having me. You've done an amazing film. Congratulations. This is incredible. Thank you so much. It's been a long journey, that's true. Uh, Yeah, I can just imagine. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, actually, I was thinking, I mean, it, it must have been an incredible journey to make the film, but then also it's a true story. So you, you've actually met the people behind the story. Yes. Um, for me, this was the, you know, the, the, the basis of everything I did that um, before I even started to write the script, I... I tried to get in touch with the real Charles Eismeyer and his husband because um, I knew that whatever kind of fictional story I would make about them, it would still be, you know, a part of them, and and they would have to agree in the end to um, to have a film like this. And so I, this was the very first thing I did that um, I I got to know them, and I was talking to them a lot and listening to them even much more. And um, after I had the confirmation of or the trust that um, that that I could make a movie out of it, um, and you know still protect their integrity, um, then I started writing. And so for me, the whole creative source of of everything I did in this movie was um, came from real life people and real life events based on experiences on so many people who have been to the army, you know, can be really bad experiences or can be even good experiences for some people. And I, you must, of course, have thought about keeping it real in the sense that you have to respect also these careers and, and these soldiers and everything that they go through, that you have to be true to that as well. Yes. I mean, if you if you make a movie that's set in an environment um, that many people know and that has really very strict rules um, to it, I think uh, um, you owe it to the audience to make it authentic because um, it, this is a one-time chance to experience how it is to, to be in the Austrian army for many people, right? So um, I could make something up now and people would also believe it, but I could also try to get it as real as possible, um, which some people think I, I really did well. Some people were like, yeah, it's much worse even than this. 
Really? A lot of people said, no, it's not like this at all. It's 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 not so hard anymore. So you know, like the the opinions are very uh very different on, on this. But I think like most of, of the people that, that served as soldiers in the Austrian army, um um said that uh, they really felt like uh in the times when they had to do their duty there. But for a story like this, so you have to keep to the story, you want to keep it as real as possible, but then you have to add that that storyline to it. So how difficult was that for you? Or how um, how did you manage to do it that you, you kept to, to this realness of the story and this and the environment, but yet you had to put something else with to make it this film? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's one thing to just create a world, you know, that's authentic or or like where every detail is 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 um, as real as possible. But uh, on the other hand, I'm also telling a fictional story, and this was the really tricky part of the of of the movie for me because um, you know when you do research, people start to tell you stuff, and and. I kind of tend to get addicted to information. So I'm, I'm digging deeper and I'm listening to more people and more people and more people. And, and by the end of my research, I had so many different stories and, and so much information that for me, it was really hard to filter. Like, what do I actually take into my story and, and what do I leave out or what do I change to make it, you know, um, fit into a narrative? Um, this was a process that was very tricky and very difficult for me. Um, and I could never have done it on my own because I'm not a, a trained writer. I'm a filmmaker and, and, um, I've studied, um, directing. So, you know, I, I, I got in touch with scripts, but I never, um, had the chance to write a, a feature film script before. So now this was like a huge mountain of, of, wow. uh, it, it was a huge challenge. And, um, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, but I had help from so many people, right? I mean, I mean, I had a mentor, and he helped me through the through the process. I had a lot of friends and colleagues who wrote uh, or who uh, read my script or read my drafts and gave me feedback on everything. So um, basically, in the end, all I could do to really write the script was to let go of everything I know actually and just start writing. Um, it sounds so easy, but this was actually the, the, the most difficult step and the biggest epiphany I had in, in the writing process because I was trying to do everything right. So I started from scratch and I started to like, you know, like um, start with um, three lines, what's the movie and then make a, a synopsis out of it and then oh, yeah. make a treatment out of the synopsis and then build um, a story structure. And then, you know, like trying like, a, like an architect, I wanted to do it like an architect. So I have this kind of 10 steps I have to do. And then I have my finished script, but I, I never got uh, into the treatment phase actually, because I just could not decide what to put in there and, I didn't even, I, it was so much I had. It was not, it was like, if you try to build a Lego house, you know, but yeah. you have like a trillion of blocks. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you, but you just need a house, right? It's not, you don't have to build the whole world. You just need a house. Yeah. 
And um, and so my mentor said, you know what? Forget the story structure. Forget like everything you're trying to build up now and just start writing. And then actually that this is really what I did. I really just sat down and was like, okay, like what can go wrong? You know, like I have nothing. So I can start from nothing. And, um, and I just, you know, like sat there and it took me a while. And then I was like, okay, the first scene has to start somewhere. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's exterior, it's day. And, you know, as soon as you, as you write words like exterior or interior, you, you make a choice already. And as soon as you write day or night or, you know, dusk or dawn, you make a choice again. And then it's really like, it feels like a world popping up, like in the Bible, you know, like in the beginning there was, uh, what, do you, I don't know, it's in English, but there was a word or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, then suddenly a world opens up and then I can, I can see people doing stuff, you know, and I have images in my hand, in my, in my head. And, and so I started writing and, and as soon as I got into this world, I just really, it felt like just writing down what I saw in my head and, so with, all the, mm. yeah, and yeah, with all yeah. the backup info I had because of my research, um, there was a lot of detail also flowing into that kind of process yeah but for this imagination uh to to happen in your head uh were you in the army yourself i yes, mean do I you, have you been oh you were yeah okay. i was, so I was could... and i i um i mean i i didn't experience the the Eismeyer experience in the army oh, okay. like not with him personally but i heard uh, a lot of stories about about him from friends who who had him like they were in the army at the same time and you know i had my own eyes my i mean there's a, uh, t tons of people like him i mean not especially like him but kind of like him and so uh a lot of the emotion and um and feeling that has to do with the the barracks and and the whole drill is actually also came out of my body when I, you know, I, I started writing, I started to remember because I didn't right. think of it like the last 20 years and it came out again. Yeah. Well, and also the way the film is shot, you know, the, the whole, uh, the, the color almost for me, it's, it's so authentic that it, it makes you feel as if you there. We try to be, um, we tried to not make effects out of it. I was yeah. talking to my camera person, Seraphine, he's a great DOP. Um, and, uh, and you know, like we all saw this kind of 90s and 2000 war movies that are have heavy color grading and everything's kind of mm -hmm. blue or green and it's tough and there's a lot of contrast and everything like that. And we tried to keep the colors very naturalistic. So that people don't have the feeling that it's kind of stylized or romantized or something like this. Romanticized, I think. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so because, you know, it's, uh, it's a feeling of its own and it's, it's even, maybe it's even tougher if it's not, if you don't feel like watching a movie so much, you know. So we tried to, to really focus on what is there and we had the original locations 
Um, we're, we're shooting on the original locations where Asmaya also worked and and these stories took place. So so it would have been even, um, I don't know, it would have been a pity to not use it as it is, you know, yeah. like to, to tr transform it somehow. And I, I find that also part of the film without you even realizing that part of the film it it has that realness um and for me it was also this this idea that, or, that i loved about it that it wasn't so styled that it felt you know that it felt very authentic hmm. but now uh how initially did you get to the idea of this film what made you write this specific story yeah Initially, um, I read a newspaper article about Asmaya getting married or like um, it's not technically it's not getting married. Technically, it's just um, registering your partner um, because um, getting married in Austria wasn't possible at that time um, for um, uh, homosexual people. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, like when you are a filmmaker, you're always looking for the next great idea right okay, and yeah. and often for me i'm getting inspired by podcasts or by um things I, I i read in the newspapers or hear on the radio so that's my kind of sources i'm um i mean aside from um besides from stuff i i i, I realize or i i um, experience in real life and um, when I read the newspaper article, I got triggered um, on many levels because I was in the army. I heard about the Asmaya um, and I never uh, knew something about him being a homosexual man. Um, and so so this uh, like opened up um, like a box, you know, like of potential. Yeah. I, when I when I read the newspaper article, I really felt like, OK, this is probably going to be a movie <laughs> and somebody <I> really <laughs> Um, and it's, it would be cool if I would do it, but it was for me, it was like, it's a nice idea, but it's way too big to, to be, um, a film I, I make in, and also it's way too big for a feature film, of course. Uh, I mean, for a um, debut, um, feature film. So I put it in, in, in my drawer, you know, like I was like, okay, yeah, maybe for like in a hundred years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it took me four more years. And then I, I took it out of the drawer again, the idea, because I applied for um, scholarship um, in the script writing um, lab. And and I researched and nobody was working on a film about him. Really? So I was like, okay, then, you know, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I could just not do my first film, which I'm, I didn't do like my whole life. So, um, yeah, and I... I I applied with this idea and they loved it and then everything started to get rolling. You know. But this is incredible if you think that it's it's an idea and and it ended up being a film. So from the first idea and you said four years before you really uh, pursued it. So how long did it take to make this film? I mean, if you if you take the four years where I didn't do anything, yeah, and and edit. Uh, on top of uh, of the stuff I did um, actively, um, it was eight years. But wow. to like to make the movie, 
was actually a pretty quick process, even if it's four years of work, but you know, from really starting to write a script to finishing the cut, um, it's, it's actually pretty quick in the film industry. I mean, it's, it's for, for, um, um, a cinema film, like yeah. a cinematic film in TV. It's, 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 um, it's, it's faster. But you, this is your first film. Was it easy to to sell the idea and to get people involved and to get the actors? Because you've got great actors in this film. Yeah. I mean, Gerard Liebman is excellent in this role. I couldn't yeah. believe that he wasn't in the army. I thought he would have been, you know, that he, he drew from that experience and he said he wasn't in the army. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he just he's just very sensitive and he knows how to soak in um an atmosphere or a feeling you know so he can this was no problem for him and um, to your question that like how did i get people to collaborate with me on this and and all the money um i always uh, have this picture in my head that this uh this idea like the potential of eismeyer being a movie was not like it wasn't coming out of me you know it wasn't me who invented this whole thing it was out there it was an external living potential creature and and i see it as a, as a wild horse you know like running around yeah. and and by accident it just passed by me and i saw it and i jumped on it and really hold on to it held on to it and and i just I, it just took me, you know, along the way, like wherever it wanted to go. And I was just trying to steer it a little bit. And it was like, eh. and wh whoever joined the team was immediately also um, fascinated and also pretty much sure that this is going to be a good movie. Mm -hmm. Though there wasn't much there in the beginning, but you know, mm -hmm. like it was, it's like a snowball. It's like, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger the the more it rolls down the hill and and uh, and with this it was the same like the the idea of this being a film was in every everybody everybody's head everybody I was talking to was like hey this is a great idea can I you know like be part of this or amazing so um, yeah I don't know this idea was magnetic I, I guess. But I think also I've, since I've seen the film I've thought about it so a lot there's so many layers in this film and that it's not just for me about this relationship but it's really well not just the relationship between men but it really represents relationships overall um this this one uh person who is really confined and or, or restricted in a way and the and another person who lives freely and that so many of us we can relate in so many ways with these characters did you realize this when you wrote the film that it would appeal to not just say a gay community, but that that there's really a story that can appeal to everybody? Mm. Mm. I don't know. It was not so much a conscious decision. I, I mean, for me, it was clear that it's a story about relationships uh, and love, especially towards oneself. Um, but um, I didn't plan on, you know, like 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 doing it in a way that everybody, um, I don't know, can take something out of or, or so. Mm -hmm. But um, the thing is that 
I think if I am trying to understand all the characters in the, in this story, and I am, if I can be empathetic with them, so can be so can the audience. And um, and for me, this is one of the biggest and and most important things like when writing a story or when making a movie that I really try to feel what I'm doing and that I'm really uh, okay with with what's happening. And um, if if this is the case, like if I'm writing characters and I'm not, you know, like using them as puppets to like, you know, like tell a story and then I'm, I'm like, this is the bad guy and he's bad. Yeah. And then you have to kill him and then he's dead. And then yeah, yeah. great, you know, like, but these are all human beings. And, and if you treat your characters like this, I think it will transport more and, and, and more people can take something out of it because you can identify with this character, but you can also identify with this character, you know, like, because everybody has reasons why he or she does what they do. Um, and um, I, I mean, it's, that's, that's how I like to work. And um, I, yeah, I think yeah, maybe that's, a, that's part of why, why you feel like this is also a um, speaking to you, you know? Yeah. But you said also that uh, the real Eismeyer, um, Charles Eismeyer, he um, he enjoyed the film and he he gave his his uh, consent or his or his approval of what you've done. Did this mean a lot to you as well? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, this was my my biggest fear was that I get his approval in the beginning, you know, and then. I'm starting to write and and direct and everything. And then he's, he looks at it and he's like, that's horrible. And that's oh, not yeah. me. And, and, you know, like, I mean, he can, he can dislike the movie, but, but if you would be like this, this is total fantasy. And, and uh, if, if I feel that I, I did not um, get it, you know, like that, I didn't, yeah. um, caught the essence of, of, of what's going on, this would have been really bad for me. And I, it was not my intention to make a movie that makes him feel good. Um, and at some points the movie makes him actually feel bad, you know, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, but um, there is something to this movie um, and in this story that has a very, um, transformative um, power and a very freeing kind of energy and um, and and a very loving energy and this is also transporting and and this is also what he I think in the end liked about the movie and why he can stand behind everything that he thinks is not you know like in an uh, in an advantage for him you know yeah oh, but this must have, must have been wonderful to get that from him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Now I was really so happy when, when I saw, like how he reacted in a, when he when he when he saw the movie because I had this feeling that, you know, like I I owed him so much because he told me everything. Like he told me so mm -hmm. much about his life, very intimate um, things. Um, he was very open. He was very. Um, you know, honest with, with everything, um, all the bad stuff, all the good stuff. He was very, very honest. So, um, 
I, I, I was so happy that, um, like his honesty, um, and, and his trust I, that I didn't misuse it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh, when I spoke to Gerard uh, Liebmann, he also said, and he wrote also that uh, films cannot necessarily change the world, but but they can make a difference in the sense that they can make people see things in a different way. Do you think as a filmmaker, that is quite a responsibility when you have a theme like this, for example, to make people see love in a different way or to make people see different relationships in a different way, that it's that it's almost that films are able to do that. Mm. I mean, your questions, very beautiful answers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm totally, I think, you know, as filmmakers, we have, we are in a very, very privileged spot. Like once you, you get um, the money from the state, you know, like which is tax money in Austria, um, then you have to give something back to uh, to the society, I think. And and um, going to a movie is a, is a really, really good chance to experience something with your whole body out of the eyes of, a, of another person, actually. Yeah. So you can learn a lot. Um, this is like virtual reality or something like this, but if but much, much more sophisticated and and um, in terms of the stories and the narratives that are transported. And um, so I think Gerhard Liebmann is right when he says like, um, movies don't change the world, but people change the world. So you have to start with the people. <laughs> so yeah. um, if, you, if you can make a movie that, um, that brings people to think differently, you know, like open up their minds, open up their hearts, um, like getting a different perspective on something they have never seen like this before, you know, um, it can change a lot, I think. Um, and, and it is a great responsibility we have. Um, and it's all we can do, you know, like, I mean, you can go to politics or you can be an activist or you can, um, be an artist, um, to, to change something. But in the end, it's it's the responsibility lies in the people that saw something or heard something and they understood something. But then is the, the big question is like, will they change? You know, like will they change the, their own behavior, or is it just more comfortable to stay the way we are? Right? I mean, like, yeah, we have so many topics that. Um, that really um, need us to change our behavior um, to make um, to make it into a brighter future. And right now we have a lot of um, you know like issues and, and challenges yeah. ahead, like right now in, in in our world. And if we as filmmakers can tell stories, especially um, that lie in the future. Um, that are not dystopian, and you know like where you feel helpless and you feel like okay. If I want to prepare for the future, I need to get a water bottle and a gun, and then you know, like maybe I can survive. Yeah. Um, this this would be great, but it's uh, it's very. I mean, th these are the big questions, you know, like that the world leaders should tell us, like what what do we have to do, and um, 
yeah, I don't know. That's, but it's 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 possible to you know like um, inspire people with movies and mm-hmm. and uh, I hope that I I can do that with Asma or future movies to come to. Uh, well, I think definitely with Eismar, you've done something incredible. And like I say, I think you can relate to it in so many ways. And about it's really about love and relationships and so much more, so much more depth in this film. So really congratulations for Thank that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. But now what? This is this is this was a good first film for you then. But what is next? What is the dream now still? yeah the dream that's that's an interesting question i don't oh my dream because it it was a dream to make a feature film and to bring it to the cinema that was like a dream for me for 20 years almost now and now that this has happened um i have to yeah maybe get a new dream um Right now, there's a lot of stuff happening because of Asmaya and the success of Asmaya. So there are people approaching me with projects and and ideas, and like I'm, I'm I try to you know cherry pick like everything that's um, that's that's interesting to me. But um, like my dream right now, I think I have to redefine it a little bit. I mean, of course, I want to uh, make an, a second feature film um, for for the cinema. Um, but and I have an idea, but it's so early in the in the uh, you know like in the process okay. that I cannot really talk about it because it's I have it's it's like a sapling you know like and if you oh, touch yeah. it yeah. like you destroy it. Um, so I have to let it grow a little bit more. Um, I think I will do that over the summer. But I, I don't know, you know, it, um. Basically, my dream is to live a good life, actually. So it has, has not to do so much with movies, but living a good life. And for me, like my profession is being a storyteller, I guess, and, and using the visual medium media to 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 um, to do that. But um, I want to, you know, like find a way to, of living um that is more connected to nature again, because I live in the city now. Again, I already lived on the countryside and it was beautiful, but it's not compatible with my job right now. So um, I'm trying to, yeah, I want to have a, a just a good life, you know, like a healthy, good life with music, with people, with nature, with art, um, with a lot of love and communication and yeah. Something like that. I want to build up something like that and also living in a community where other people can be part of this. This would well, this is like my big dream, actually. Well, you tend to bring a lot of great people together. So I, I could see that in the <laughs> Yeah, I hope so. so you, I hope so. <laughs> so your dream will come true to bring this all together. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. David, it was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and um, the lovely insight. And I I hope and I'm, I'm sure we will see a lot more of your great work in the future. I will really um, try to do so, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. Have a lovely afternoon. Thanks, yeah, you too.